Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I'm speaking to you from sunny Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I'm the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, and I am sitting in Harlem, and I think it's about 76, 77. It's kind of cool and nice out. Hi, I'm Seth Rodney. I am a senior editor at the Hyperallergic arts blog and recent author of The Personalization of the Museum Visit, and I'm speaking to you from the South Bronx. This is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. And we're continuing our conversation about climate change. And, you know, I'm not, we haven't really chatted uh, directly about how many more we're going to do. Um, and mm-hmm. we can do that after the podcast. We, we may be transitioning out of this onto a new topic, which we'll introduce, um, but possibly do a, one more wrap up episode because that we tend to like to do that on the longer conversations. But today the topic uh, is uh, climate change in the art world. Yeah, you've heard us talk about this on previous podcasts. Um, obviously, this is definitely in Seth's wheelhouse, uh, mm, being an art mm, critic. So mm. uh, he's going to lead us through the discussion. Um, and uh, without further ado, Dr. Rodney. Take us away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I want to be called Dr. Rodney more often. Uh, let's <laughs> let's let's start talking about. I put it on my hotel room like reservations now. Like at least at least this person <laughs> at the front desk is going to have to say Doctor Webb. No one else will call right. me that. Right. <laughs> so one of the things that I noticed in sent, in reading the article that I sent around to you, it was, right. and I'm referring to the New York Times piece that featured twelve artists that deal with the issue of climate change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple of things that jumped out at me. One is that. A lot of them do things that are, surprise, surprise, very visual. They are mm-hmm. paintings and drawings, and a few people did uh, sculptural pieces. I think Barty Kerr did uh, does um, or what work was was featured in the pieces. Sculptures are sort of these hybrid creatures. Uh, lots of photographs and lots and posters. Dear climate, the um, uh, the group. The work that was featured in the piece was uh, a poster that they developed. I've, now, personally, I've seen the work of Mel Chin. In fact, I've written about Mel Chin's work, and I saw the Unmoored piece, mm-hmm. in, which mm-hmm. is uh, set up in Times Square about, I don't know, a year ago, maybe? I think it felt like it was last year. And I remember being really kind of amazed by it, because with my phone, looking through my phone, and once mm-hmm. you sort of have the phone interpret the Q- QR code, whatever, um, at a, uh, through this particular app, I could see Times Square through my phone as this kind of underwater uh, mm-hmm. uh, seascape. It was it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of astonishing, and mm-hmm. and then and and I saw ships kind of go by me above my head, and then uh, uh, other kinds of vessels like move towards me. It was otherworldly, and it was really mm-hmm. immersive and beautiful. But to be honest, like it didn't really it didn't really evoke much else in me besides a sense of wonder. And this is my problem with the 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 drift of these pieces generally. Again, the mm. ones that were featured in the New York Times um, mm. article is that there's too much emphasis on the visual and not enough on the sort of practical, long-term view. How do we deal with this crisis? Except for, there were two people who stood out to me. Mary Mattingly, 
and not the piece that they talked about in, in um but the other piece that they referred to which is the swale piece which is the floating food forest that piece mm. is amazing yeah yeah so i looked this up and apparently i think she started this in i think it was 2000 uh, 2007 or 2008, and it's actually was in, uh, uh, this forest installed in this barge that was, um, I mm-hmm. think, situated on the East River, and it, yeah, it's an edible forest garden, and basically was a place where the intention was to provide. It was, it was a project that was intended to provide people with free, healthy food, and and so exist at that intersection between public art and public service. Mm-hmm. And that for me was really what's the word? Affecting? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and compelling. And mm-hmm. more than just and I'm and I'm being reductive when I say this. Um and, and probably unfairly so, but more than pretty pictures or um compelling imagery, it was a project. Swale is a project that actually allowed us to meet the consequences of climate change mm-hmm. head on, right? Mm-hmm. And I know Mel Chin, to be fair, I know that Mel Chin has also done work like this because he's involved. he was involved in this really complex project where he got recycled plastics from mm-hmm. Flint, Michigan, where they had the water crisis, and mm-hmm. st- the water crisis is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But, but managed to get the... Gathered recycled materials to a plant, I think, in South Carolina, where they were uh, transformed, changed chemically, um, made into clothing material and into threads. Mm-hmm. And then that those that material was then sent to some place, I think, in Flint, like a halfway house, where women or men who were formerly incarcerated or were going through programs that um, prevented them. From, or that provided a way for them mm-hmm. to reintegrate, mm-hmm. right. right? Or as a sort of alternative to going to jail or to prison, mm-hmm. um, would use these clothes, would use this material to make clothing. To actually, mm-hmm. and there was a designer who was also brought on to the project to help make make the designs. And so, at the Queen's Museum mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago for his big show, Mel Chin all over the place, they showcased this project. So mm. we saw had videos of people gathering the recyclables, mm. um, had mannequins with the clothing on them, had mm. uh, accounts of people working in all these different spaces. Mm. So those kinds of projects, for me, are really impressive in, in their ambition. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And, yeah, that's yeah phenomenal. and in their scope yeah. and. And and they do more than essentially try to like prick our conscience. I don't. Mm. I'm not really interested in work that, in terms of climate change, that tries to like um, make us aware that the forests are going away. Like, okay, but what? Mm-hmm. But how do we? What are we doing to deal with the consequences mm-hmm. now? And Mary Mattingly, and I think Mel Chin, and possibly Eve Moshe, who I may talk about a little bit later, are doing those kinds of projects. Well, and to actively engage in expanding the realm of what is possible, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that that's uh-huh. that's what those two projects are doing, right? Is, is to is to is to stretch the current shape of things into new and unknown places that we haven't imagined or seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, which um, 
yeah, that, that sound, those sound moving. I mean, obviously the swell piece was in, in the, um, the article that you sent around, but, uh, yeah, and that's, uh, that's provocative and engaging and motivating and inspirational and, and a whole host of other things. And I, you know, the, the, the thing that I first came to mind when you were sort of, sort of gently criticizing uh, some of the other approaches is it reminds me of uh, sort of Stephen Daedalus's reflection on the purpose of art in Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, James Joyce's first novel, where mm-hmm. it you know, essentially talks about the difference between pornography and art. And, you know, the pornographic is something that inspires acquisition and becomes acquisitive, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the artistic is something that that uh, suspends action and, and, and opens up kind of a transcendental uh, experience of the object. I, I'm mm. not going to bat for that in a flat-footed way. All I mean to say is that unless art is expansively imaginative, what mm. you end up with is a kind of stasis, you know, a kind of maybe a sense, uh, maybe a sort of a, a lightweight awe you know, right. sort of, you know, right. it's like, oh, this mm-hmm. is, this is, oh, this is really interesting to imagine boats in Times Square. And I saw this scene in the last, uh, you know, Spielberg film, you know, exactly. I mean, they, they, that, that sort of, that exactly. sort of application of the visual, I don't know, leads to new possibilities. Okay. Um, the ways that the other pieces you described right, right. did. So two things ran through my mind, and, and one was give a man a fish, he'll, you know, he'll eat today, mm-hmm. show a man how to fish, they'll live forever. As mm-hmm. it relates to the kinds of more complex art projects that you're referring to, Seth, mm. when, when I read it, I read these about these people, I was like, well, my one of my questions was, and sometimes it was answered, sometimes not, was how public accessible? Because I do think that the imagination needs to be mm. stoked in mm. very basic places. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how many of these artists were simply talking to each other, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, and so that kind of made me, there was, I, I didn't have a lot of time to read this, unfortunately, but I wanted to um, ask those kinds of questions because I felt like at the very least, what these 12 people did for me was remind people that the artificial argument that art isn't political, it's just art for art's sake. No, it can be this, of it course. can be this, and it can be really wonderful. And it. It's, I wouldn't say it should be. It's kind of like you know the preferential thing, but I like it when art is is not only moving the needle, but because you didn't get it, doesn't mean that the, the person standing behind you won't or be inspired mm. by less mm-hmm. less about knowing, but more about just being. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking about how ideas. We don't think that ideas in general can happen among crowds. <laughs> mm-hmm. We think about you know crowd speak and you know bandwagon that kind of thing. I'm thinking no. That one kid could be that kid that does the one thing, which feels very fantasy based and all of that. But there, you know, I don't know where imagination is. I think it's everywhere. That's hmm. my thing. Hmm. So I want to go back to something you said, Stephen, about uh, work that is uh, sort of visually uh, enthralling versus, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and, and, but it's about artists speaking to other artists and work that is sort of more publicly, m- more public facing. So mm-hmm. there's, there's one artist in the, um, in the piece, Xavier Cortada, whose, yes. mm-hmm. piece, whose work was about yard signage mm-hmm. indicating yes. Miami's potential. Oh, to I was going to bring this one up. I had this yes. marked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Please go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> given the, given the, it's gr- a good one. Uh, great mm-hmm. human, right. But it's very public facing. It's it, actual yard signs around a particular community neighborhood. Yes. Uh, 
I mean, so it's an interesting one because partly I like it because it has that ambition mm-hmm. to be public facing and to alert people to the, what mm-hmm. this crisis actually means. Like literally your house is going to be underwater in X amount yeah. of years, right? But uh-huh. at the same time, part of me is like, yeah, but are people really going to pay attention to that? So I so I actually found mm. that one um, somewhat provocative. Like it was mm-hmm. easy for me to imagine my mm-hmm. neighbors in, where I live in Orange mm-hmm. County right. um, uh-huh. being provoked by something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, de- and certainly depending on where you want to place them politically, maybe irritated, but mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but uh-huh, uh-huh, but uh-huh. moving, agitating, and mm-hmm. sort of creating a space where it's not just a theory. You can't just change the channel. Right. right. I mean, this you drive by this house, you see this sign, like yes. the first, right. just like you see the for sale sign every day. Right. Like you're reminded, it's it's an adjutant in the imagination. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, I, I I liked that one a lot. Not liked, but I thought that mm-hmm. one was evocative for me. I thought that mm-hmm. that was that could possibly do something. I mean, certainly not as ambitious as the other two that you described earlier in the podcast, but um, but something that could uh, um, create a, a different kind of space around it. I think it hits at the economics of it, you know, the implications mm-hmm. of it in that way. People who want to mm-hmm. keep their property or mm-hmm. to bequeath their property, maybe they would, you know, among those people who would be provoked, who would be mm-hmm. agitated. Mm-hmm. I I do think that, I think we're all sort of in, in agreement that the projects are the most compelling, uh, the most mm-hmm. imaginative, the most, the strongest projects in, in shorthand are the ones that begin to move towards a kind of sense of public service. I think yes. that's the key. Because, because Cortada does that with the yard signers thing. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's actually trying he's actually poking um his neighbors essentially in their eyes every day. Um, right. Um and getting them to think about the the economic the financial consequences mm-hmm. of being yeah. where they are and and yeah. and um Having their political leadership not take climate change seriously. So this is the thing, though. Like, w- w- there's a there's an ongoing conversation um, in the art scene about what's it what's it called about social. Um, why am I blanking on this term? Um, social engagement. Uh, no, yeah, but well, it's called a variety of things. But social practice, social practice. Ah, okay, uh, okay, okay. There are artists who basically engage with their community in making work that doesn't necessarily end up being a kind of uh, highly aestheticized object in mm-hmm. uh, a white cube somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually didn't have much of an opinion about social practice. I've written about it a bunch of times, but. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say that I'm someone who carries a flag for that movement. Now, having looked at this work, mm-hmm. uh, I have this. I have a newfound respect. Um, um, is there is there a, a stronger word than respect? Um, mm. um, I, I I I really am moved by. The work mm. of Mattingly and Mel Chin. And, and I should mention Eve Mosher, who um, has done this piece in 2007, where she took a baseball field chalker and tried mm. to chalk a 70-mile line to indicate around the city uh, of mm-hmm. New York to indicate 
where the waters would uh, mm-hmm. eventually uh, encroach on the city. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I thought, uh, you know, it's kind of ineffective because I'm sure by the time she got, you know, to the first mile, like uh, half of it was erased behind her. Yeah. But I still like the gesture. Mm-hmm. There's something. It's a lot of chalk. It's a lot of chalk. It's a lot of walking. It's a <laughs> yeah. lot, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so there's something. I mean, there's something in this sort of social practice in that the conversation, the story that is being told mm. about this woman doing mm-hmm. this thing, um, must have generated again some sort of um, sense of. Uh, well, well, why is this person expending so much energy doing this, this ineffectual mm-hmm. thing? Yeah, I, I think you know it doesn't. It doesn't have to be one thing, right? I mean, art doesn't have to. It doesn't have to adhere to a social praxis ethic. It doesn't have to adhere to an aesthetic ethic purely. Um, the only thing I would say is that it's probably. I would, if we had more time to delve into it, I would say it's probably a false distinction because mm. it's still a social practice, like going to a museum, belonging to a museum. Agreed. You know, having having a life structured in such a way that that entering a museum is pleasurable, or having an, a life set up in such a way that you feel like that is an activity one should engage in. It's something you should care about, right? Just like you should care about the Absolutely. climate. I mean, mm-hmm. these are all social practices. Now, certainly, you know, levels of refinement and degrees, and I don't want to say that there isn't a real value in the museum space and sort of the quiet contemplation of things. I have right. personally been moved in those spaces. Precisely. Um, and and I know other people have been that I care about, and so I, mm-hmm. I value that experience. But that doesn't make these other incredibly ambitious and um, sort of laterally conceived mm-hmm. art projects uh, less valuable or less provocative or 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 less worthy of of engagement or critique and vice versa from the other mm-hmm. side if you were coming at it from you know a far left political perspective like tear you know like sort of a socialist you know <laughs> uh, read on on artistic practice like tear the museums down like they're mm-hmm. all you know bourgeois constructions like of course mm-hmm. i don't agree with that either mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. anyway so i just to 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 engage with what you were saying about that sort of argument in the art world well, what's great is that sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I just want to say quickly, mm-hmm. what's great mm-hmm. is that you've articulated the really well precisely the tensions around the discussion of social practice mm-hmm. right now. That is right. those are the arguments pro and con. Exactly. Right. Wow, wow, wow. Um the only thing I was going to add to that was that I think mm-hmm. the distinction between the two or the three or whatever kinds of um practices, whether art is important or not, is that a question really it's it's who's looking and who's valuing and who's mm-hmm. doing these sort of mm-hmm. um things right because mm-hmm. we have movements that start out may start out organically then become institutions right mm-hmm. right and so, yeah yeah so i was thinking about the hunger for i don't have time for your airy fair airy fairy stuff travis i don't have time for it i need some concrete action that seth is saying you know these kinds of artworks and do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. It's funny, my father was on my, um, I was graduating undergrad and my father drove past the art museum, which had a new, new building that looked really, you know, it was, it was out of the ordinary for Toledo or for mm-hmm. maybe not for New York. But we yeah. all looked at it and I was like, my father goes, do you like that? And I was like, yeah, it's okay, whatever. And he goes, see, you don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I didn't even say anything. He says, you don't know what you're talking about because that's art. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not, but that's art. 
<laughs> and I was like, Dad, that's, I don't that's time. That's funny. Yeah. But th- th- that's profound. Like, your father's yeah. like, look, your yeah. little sense of aesthetics does not even approach the the level of the sublime that you're in and unable to to uh to grok because you don't recognize what mm-hmm. the sublime is buddy <laughs> is what he was and he's saying. also making he's totally making fun of the idea like it was a really right. wrapped well-wrapped joke you know right i was right. like oh okay right. cool thanks right. thanks right. Right. mr louisiana arkansas man <laughs> it's like I was reading Kant the other day, and let me tell you something about the Kantian sublime, which you yes. didn't know. Clearly, yeah. I wouldn't have said this. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, the idea that you know that there's this realm of sophistication, aesthetic sophistication, mm-hmm. that is like above us that we should just sort of kowtow to is kind of ridiculous, right? Like we're, I mean, part part of the reason why we're laughing is because we're, we're laughing at that. And this is, I think, why social practice really has started to have more uh, currency in the arts scene, mm-hmm. mm. is because we recognize the bankruptcy of that position, of the notion that that there's and and a lot and a lot of this, a lot of that position was championed by um, the big intellectually formidable white men in the 50s and 60s and 70s uh-huh. uh, who kind of dominated the discourse uh, yeah, um, in you know, the that- West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to toss in, so you know these pieces, this floating barge and stuff like that. Like, who paid for that? Mm-hmm. You know, who 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 bought all that chalk? I bet you a museum sponsored those those pieces. Right. Like, right. I bet you, right. I bet you, uh, charitable art foundations that mm-hmm. are institutionally supported paid for those activities. No, absolutely, and this is a problem with. We're, we're taking this sort of position that, that museums and galleries are just these leftover bourgeois edifices, institutions that we should just get rid of. The problem mm. is that it's really hard to crowdsource work yeah. of an artist, especially when people, when the artist herself does not know how the work yeah. will turn out. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she's, like, can you imagine someone coming to you, like, I don't know, five years ago and saying, yeah, I'm thinking about getting this barge, and I'm gonna like <laughs> right. install a forest on it, and yeah, it's gonna what like that be a Go garden. Page look like exactly. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gonna what? feed people, and it's gonna be a healthy alternative, and and the barge is gonna keep going around the city, and mm-hmm. uh, it's just gonna be great. Like you walk away, like you back away. Actually, that's the problem. Yeah. I think with yeah, with exactly with that with that sort of um, out of hand dismissal of of what institutions can do and what can support. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this has been really useful for me um, reading this stuff. Thank you for mm-hmm. suggesting this, Travis. Um, uh, and 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 it's odd that. We ended up, I didn't anticipate getting to this place in the, in the conversation where we would be talking essentially about, uh, the sort of tension between the art as a kind of rarefied space mm. of, um, of engagement and art as like a place of like communal handholding. Yeah. I mean, I think, mm. you know, it, 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 I think it ties pretty readily back to the larger issue of climate change and engagement and what to do about it in, right. in that we need institutions to help deal with this problem like just relentlessly vilifying you know the corporation or relentlessly vilifying a government is just not helpful 
It's right. just not productive. And and there's clearly there's work to do, right? We have mm-hmm. work to do to to mm-hmm. to actually address uh you know the one that I you know my you know I'm sure we all have aspects of climate change that are uh, particularly um uh, anxiety provoking for us and for me it's the water shortage. I mean I really that mm-hmm. for me that's one that uh, scares me. I mean you're talking about mm-hmm. very very large population centers that mm-hmm. yeah. um, are running out of water and that's mm-hmm. you know food is one thing like you can go without food for you know a pretty long time you know and, and that that's a, it's really not that as eminently critical as having what like you're done like you don't mm-hmm. have walks you don't have access to water you're done or you're on the move and mm-hmm. you know right. and mm-hmm. millions of people on the move is mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a terrifying thing that's right now if they think that the migrant crisis in in Europe now yes. in, in 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 West Asia and in Europe now yeah. is mm-hmm. is is serious Wait, just hold on yeah. until like um, Mumbai gets so hot that it's basically uninhabitable. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that yeah. that yeah. is that is no joke. Yeah, Stephen, did you wanna you, you wanna walk us out? Since, yeah. yeah, I like that stark image that uh, <laughs> Seth just threw out there. So I'm gonna leave it at that. All right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, so do we want to do, I mean, I guess we can do this on air. Do we want to maybe have? Uh, is there are there any other climate change topics that we wanted to talk about that we didn't get to. I just uh, want to. I think we just should do a summary. I like. Yeah. I always like the thing. The uh, mm-hmm. the habit we've kind of um, stumble into of just saying, okay, this is what we found out. This is what we figured out. Yeah, yeah. I'm with that. I'm with that. Uh, okay, just, cool. Okay, all right. So, so uh, mm-hmm. next week uh, we will uh, we'll summarize. You know, sort of thoughts, feelings, impressions, and and mm-hmm. new directions, hopefully for some of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about what we're going to move to next, which I think there's some agreement on. So we're looking forward cool. to to that conversation as well. So thanks, as always. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Sounds Indeed. good. Take, Take care. care.